Hey guys, welcome to our newest episode of Untucked. Today we are going to talk about Dave Ramsey. Um, he was recently um, talking about how easy it is to beat the market. Um, so we're going to discuss that. Then we're going to talk about the blue zones and longevity. And finally, we'll wrap up with um, our thoughts on the Jason Kelsey documentary on Amazon. Thanks for listening. The opinions expressed in this podcast are our own, and they do not reflect the opinions or views of FC Advisory, the Financial Coach Group, or the New Wealth Project. Nothing discussed in this podcast should be interpreted as investment advice. Welcome to episode 90 of Untucked. This is Megan. And it's Mike. This is Jeff. <clears throat> Did you guys know that <clears throat> worldwide there are over 7,500 variations of apples? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Isn't that wild? I mean, I guess. 7,500, more than seven, like variations of apples. So, like, the number's big. You're very emphatic. We're talking about apples. <laughs> I'm a red de delicious girly. That's basically all I need. Yeah, I mean, I could probably give you, like, three off the top of my head. All right, go. Like, Granny Smith, mm -hmm. red delicious. Mm -hmm. Caramel. No, it's not a very... That's uh, a flavor. Maybe they're including those kinds of things. Um... I already say Granny Smith. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got two. I forget. Well, yeah, I don't know two. them. I just I, I've I've spaced on them. What about the green ones? What are they? Is green apple a variation? Green apple. Again, I think Probably. I don't know. That might be a flavor. With seventy five hundred, there might be more technical term. Yeah, yeah. I was. I, I didn't think it'd be anywhere near that. I don't remember how I landed on that fun fact. But I just, <laughs> what did you think it would be near? Probably like thirty. Is that how you do your fun facts? You think of a subject and you just Google, like, how many apples are there? <laughs> I, can't, I can't reveal my secrets, dude. Uh, all right, go ahead. Okay. All right, Jeff. Get it out of the way. Oh, I forgot. We're on Philly Sports already? Dude. Red October. It's official. Phil's clinched in dramatic fashion. Actually, it wasn't dramatic. What would have been dramatic? is if freaking Bryce Harper hit a walk-off home run in the, in the bottom of the 10th, but he didn't. He struck out, which kind of pissed me off a little bit. But they're in. 88 wins with five games left. We'll play the Diamondbacks at home in a three-game series. All games are played in Philly, if you didn't know that, which is great. Fans bring in the heat, and then we'll most likely play the Braves in round two. And that's where the season ends. I don't know about that, man. <laughs> the Braves have a couple guys that are injured. They're a little nicked up. So if you're going to catch them, now's a pretty good time to catch them. So we'll see. They might not even, Braves might not make it out of the first round, dude. Or do they get a bye? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they would get a Do they? Do they get a bye? I would, yeah, I would I think they do. imagine. I think they do. <laughs> the wild card teams are playing one another right probably <clears throat> yeah yeah so i got a little bit of a um critique and it probably is just all part of my general baseball critique uh, maybe it's not 
So when you clinch a wild card spot, you know, with a few games to go and you're you're yeah, you're you're sneaking in as a wild card in any sport, do you really celebrate like you just won the World Series? Yes. I'm in Jeff's camp. What is going on? Didn't haven't we talked about how long and 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 drawn out and overdone and exhausting the baseball season is for the viewers. Yes, <laughs> we have. <laughs> I mean, haven't we talked about that at nauseum? How much you ha- you think it should be like eighty games? Yeah, they play a hundred and sixty-two games, man. They just made the playoffs. They just clinched. Yes, you celebrate. You win round one, you celebrate. You win round two, you celebrate. Who cares? You got a wild card berth. You did nothing. No, but who cares? Like, why wouldn't you celebrate making the playoffs? You do, but in a way more subdued way. You don't get all banged up all night and go ride the bull at Xfinity Live or whatever that dude was doing. This is what I like most about the Phillies. (laughs) Last night, like Twitter and Instagram last night and this morning. I think it's why, and even their manager said, I'm sure you were watching post-game, like (laughs) their manager said it and Kyle Schwarber said it, like these guys, they're like family. Like they love each other. They have fun. And that's, what helps breed success for them is the, the the dynamic that they have. Now, I, I'm with you. There is something to be said. You won. You put your head down. There's another game to win. Yeah. There's another series to win. Um, and, and I'm sure hockey players do that. It's they like, go a step further. A lot of them will not touch, even touch the, the, cup. the, the conference um, championship trophy. And they're very matter of fact. You know, they're, they're obviously – Satisfied that they made it out of the that, through three rounds, mind you, and they're in the finals, but they didn't do anything until they win. Not and so, touching. are we going to like spray champagne all over each other in the locker room? No, not touching the trophy. Stupid. That's like just some bullshit. Like, yeah, yeah, but it's it signifies something. Like, and they want they got in the playoffs. It signifies something too. Drink a million beers, take a million <laughs> shots of tequila because you can come out and play baseball the next day with no problem because it's baseball. I don't disagree with that. <laughs> so the Little League team from media, when they made it into the world, the Little League World Series um, playoff format, whatever, they should celebrate getting in. They should celebrate getting You know, have all the soda and gum and popcorn <laughs> you want. But a professional baseball team securing a wild card berth, come on. Come on. I I don't mean to like walk off the field like it's you know July seventh, but you gotta you gotta show some like you've been there before, right? They're, you're acting like you've never won anything. They've never I mean, won. Technically, they ha- they've they, never won anything. They haven't won anything. This team hasn't won anything. Well, they did win the pennant, right? But who cares? It's better than a wild card. They break. probably didn't touch it though. <laughs> <laughs> Hockey's just different. Up to, the Eagles clinch later in the season. When the Eagles, if when they clinch a playoff berth at the end of that game, are they going to be carrying on like this? I have no idea. I don't remember what they did last year. Let's say they won't. Good for that, man. I mean, like that's the culture that they want to do. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking fine. about the culture. That's what I think you nailed. I'm it. cool with the culture either way. Yeah. I, I as think I as a coach, if I was coaching them, my thought process would be. Keep your head down. We got another game to win. If they wanted to go and party and do it the way the Phillies did it, good on them too. I'm not going to like knock that. 
I'm not gonna be like, no, there's no celebration. We just like we we stay angry and get mad and like we win the next series. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't do that either. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm just yeah. Neither extreme is good, is what I'm saying. I don't think either extreme matters. I don't think either extreme is bad. Yeah. Okay. Whatever works for the team, I guess. And it might not work for them. So I guess right. yeah. TBD. Um, so the birds are three and zero. Birds are three and zero. We still haven't seen the best version of them, if you ask me. Um, Jalen Hurts with flu-like symptoms on Monday night still played through it. You could tell something was off. He looked like something was off. I feel like it's too early for me to say this, but he just looks off. I feel like he's not making great decisions. I attributed the first, and I will attribute the first couple of games to the fact that they don't practice. Uh, I was yeah, just going to yeah, say, that's what thing. I mean. It's too early to yeah, say. Yeah. It's, I think it's premature. But like to say he looked off because he was sick, sure. I just, I don't think he's in season form at all anyway. No. I mean, Joe Burrow's garbage through three games. Josh Allen's not good. Like, like so I, I don't, I don't, I just don't care sure. about how they're playing. I will if it's if it's week ten and they look like this, but yeah. they're three and zero. The first eight games of their schedule are not difficult games or should not be difficult games. Like they should beat the Commanders this week, without a doubt. Like mm-hmm. I was texting my pop on Monday. He texted me like, "You ready for this game?" Like about the Bucks. I'm like, they should roll this team. They did. Yeah, and they played poorly. Yeah, like they marched down the field and then didn't score touchdowns a couple times. Like that game should have been. 37 to 11. Yeah, I, th- I I heard a lot of that. They really didn't play well. They didn't look – they're not – of course they didn't play – they haven't played perfectly or near perfectly, but they played really very well enough. Their special teams was awesome when they needed it to be. A.J. Brown game. is awesome. Swift was unreal. Like, awesome. Their they had awesome. enough really good things going on. Not all cylinders are going to be firing ever, beginning a season or, or any time. I, I thought – I mean, I think if you're watching this team and this league, you're like, I mean, it's them and Kansas two City. other teams. You know, yeah. that's it. There's nobody else that's even close. When you watch Kansas City roll the the Bears, that's a little concerning. It's like, how are they? But they, they've been together so long. Yeah, um, they're so good. I think we're we we are just as good. I mean, the talent that we have on this team, if they can just start to get into game shape. I mean, they're going to be awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and there's some good – I mean, schedule-wise, they have some – I mean, the Niners, the Chiefs, they have some great, mm-hmm. like, tilts coming up in the regular season, right? Yeah, yeah. like 9 through 14 yeah. is awesome. Dicey. Yeah. Uh, Flyers, Devils, 6 nothing, right? <laughs> Was that – What's that? The Flyers got it's a pre- stomped it's by the oh, Devils. Oh, preseason has pre-season started? Preseason game, and they split the – it's not even relevant. Like, I don't even care. Um, I thought it was a very uh, yeah, I, accurate depiction of what's going to happen this season. Probably that's true. <laughs> I, I'm not going to argue that they're they're going to yeah they're going to be tough. It's yeah. I'm just I'm excited for the season. The the NHL. Nice. The NHL, not the Flyers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Sixers Anything? are dumpster fire. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, although in <laughs> NBA news, Dame just got traded to the Bucks. Awesome. Which is terrible in yep. so many different ways. Yep. Um, we, no, get to, we get to play against him now. Yeah. And Giannis. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. Okay, so we're not even close to a competitor in the East now. Seven seed. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there's been nothing different about the Sixers at this point. So there's a preseason game on the 11th that I have tickets to that I probably can't pay somebody to take off my hands. I think you tried to give them to me already. <laughs> I think you literally asked me if I wanted You want them? <clears throat> All right, so the state of Philly sports, we're two out of four. Yeah. You know, we'll take it. Yeah. yeah. Want to get into Coach's Corner? Let's do it. Uh, so there was a clip. I don't know that it went viral on Twitter. I mean, it made its way onto my Twitter. But um, it is a clip of Dave, Dave Ramsey making the statement that it's not hard to beat the S&P 500. I guess Dave has some sort of like quasi-podcast radio call-in show where people call in with their situation and look for advice. And we've obviously made our feelings on the Dave Ramseys, the Susie Ormonds of the world very clear. Uh, but we wanted to maybe tackle that statement in particular and why it's just irresponsible. So what are I, I should have done this research prior to, to, to today. What are Dave Ramsey's qualifications? What does he like what does he do? He doesn't have any qualifications at all from a, like a professional standpoint. standpoint. Yeah. He's literally just a guy who's written some books. Um, launched a radio show and talks to the American public via those platforms and um, tells them what to do with their money. He, I mean, very in a general sense, he not specifically. financial advice. So people will call into a show and give a you know fifteen second summary of their situation. I have X amount in student loan debt. I want to buy a house. I make this much, and I have this much credit card debt. And he tells them what to do, and that's allowed. What? Yeah, and okay. is also in- extremely critical of people's situations. Yeah, and so yes, he in his defense, he he consistently tells people to. Don't ever get yourself in credit card debt. Um, don't spend more than you make. Those kinds of basic things that. So he like basically tells people to like breathe air and drink water. Yeah, 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 Captain Obvious for sure. But he also, um, on the other side of things, way overstates the impact of what you will have if you invest over time because uh, he uses expectations of probably like twelve plus percent returns. Um, he doesn't. He 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 advises anyone and everyone, no matter their age or situation, to have everything in stocks. Um, and he's and he's really a douchebag about yeah. how he treats people and talks to people and ridicules them for their, the, the situations that they've gotten themselves in, which is probably the most off-putting thing about the guy, in my opinion. I completely agree. Okay, I've I've seen a little bit of him, and that's what I've taken yeah. away. So there are people who subscribe to his philosophies and. As Mike said, a lot of it is like anti-debt. And most of the time in in a good way, like paying down credit card debt, attacking high interest debt or whatever. But there's, you know, pay. let's accelerate our mortgage payments, even though we have a 2.5% mortgage. Like there's not a lot of, um, I'll say he's very black and white, I guess gotcha. is maybe a, a good way to put it. So in this, in this clip, clip, he basically tells his co-host that, He's averaging most years and and averages most years he gets thirteen percent per year on his investments and averages about twelve to thirteen percent per year because it's not hard 
to beat the S&P 500 because the S&P 500 is just an average, an average of the market. Which it's not, but that's what he said it that's was. That's what he said. That was yeah. the clip yep. that he yeah. said, yes. So, yeah, explain. I was, I was a little scratching my head when he said the S&P is an average of the market. What did he mean by that? We don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay. So he's wrong. I highly doubt he's averaging 12 or 13% unless his average is over like a maybe a one or two year period. And he's also wrong because it is not easy to beat the S&P 500. I mean, I think right. Vanguard did the research and found that like 80% of professional money managers don't beat the market consistently over time. Isn't that true? Yes. And the more time goes by, the worse it is. The worse yeah. the, the records are. The less are. people. So how can he make that statement? Like that well, information's there. Th yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, right, he does it. So I pulled up another clip just out of curiosity because I don't, uh, he's not on my, he hasn't come across my feed. Good for you. <laughs> and in one of them, he was railing against people who have expensive car payments. They've bought cars that are out of their range, what, to, what they should be driving, let's say. He was yelling about people that have a thousand dollar monthly car payments and sell that car, get rid of it, invest that into stocks, and in twenty years you'll have over a million dollars. That's simple. Like that's that's how he's talking in this um, radio show, or whatever. And then when you, if you actually look at what he's claiming, it would require returns that are outrageous for that to turn into a million or more dollars in twenty years. Because you're investing two hundred forty thousand, I guess that's what it is. Right, um, and then the market returns would compound that into not a million. It, it's way less than that. It's still decent. Sure, it's still directionally the right advice. Like don't spend, don't blow your money on a ridiculous car payment when you could be investing it. That is correct. But to make the claim that you're going to be a, you know, millionaire or a multimillionaire if you just do this, is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So, so what we're trying to like <clears throat> prove, establish or, in yeah. this coach's corner is what is that beating the market one is not easy, shouldn't be considered easy, and that candidly, like the goal or attempt to do so is probably unnecessary for most people. If most people build a financial plan that's reflective of their means, their income, their lifestyle, and their goals, getting market returns, getting what the market will give you is probably enough. It's most definitely enough. Again, I mean, there's exceptions where people need to bet it all to get it all back. But like, yes. That's not a plan. That's right. not a strategy. Mm -hmm. Like if you live within your means, build a solid financial plan and just get market returns, that's the best you can do without just getting flat out lucky. Yeah. So this this the, the the fact that this guy makes this statement, it's what's wrong with this industry because people listen to him and they're like, oh well, I, like he's if it's easy, how come my people aren't doing it? How come I'm not doing it? Let me hire him. Let me hire that person that says they can beat the market consistently. Yeah, and just another thing that's so irritating about him and his style and his whole, whole mo is that he, the way that he talks to people, he you know he's this guy from i don't know kentucky or somewhere and he's he's just you know good old boy who just is talking about how simple and easy it, it is and this is what i did and this is how i'm a 
multimillionaire. This is why I read menus from left to right, not, not up and down the price list. It's one of his little, Ugh. which is so cringy, right? <laughs> and and um, But if you peel back the onion and you look at him and his enterprise that he's built, which is to make money, the guy apparently makes 30 or 40 million a year from this Jesus. platform. He's currently in the middle of being sued for 150 million by some, uh, a group of, listeners i'll say who um got completely hosed by one of his sponsors which was one of these timeshare exit companies and if you know anything about exiting a timeshare it's it's impossible and companies that try to sell you hire us and we'll get you out of it they're scams and they're frauds and they're stealing your money and these are the kind of people that pay him to be on his program as a sponsor because guess who the audience is it's millions of people who are Buying the shit that he's selling. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's I pretty miserable. Either. I did a little research. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you for that. Yeah. I just think, just get the market and stay within your means. Do the right thing. You'll, you'll. That's that's the best you can do. And unfortunately, you start engaging with these people, people like this, and it's just, I think it leads to poor, poor expectations and poor results. And when we say getting the market, that's acknowledging that there's going to be shitty years in the market, yeah. right? We're not we're not saying get the market and avoid 2022. Like the suggestion is not that you can time the experience or it, it, it's it's that you have to again build a plan with contingencies. So if bad markets happen, you have Plan B or Plan C or something. But like when we say get the market, it's <laughs> We're being very specific in that, like, that includes the down years. It includes the investments that are down. It includes the asset classes that are down for maybe type periods of time that make you uncomfortable. You but, can't get the market without getting 2022. Right. You can't. Because if you try to, you're going to miss part of the upswing. Yeah. You have to just stay in it. There is no ins and outs because ins and outs typically leads to underperformance. You got it. Unless, of course, you're Dave Ramsey. You're Dave Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we are going to talk about longevity. Let's do it. Um, this was what we watched or talked about um, is from David Butner. Yep. He's the author of The Blue Zone, Secrets of Living Longer, a book focused on longevity and learning from pockets of people around the world with the highest life expectancy. Dan was re recently featured on Good Morning America, where he shared a sampling of the lessons he's learned by doing this research. So my man is just trying to figure out how to, I think he uses the phrase reverse engineer longevity. Yeah. Um, the clip we watched was... I would say pretty basic sure. in the things you should think about, like diet, exercise. You know, there's obviously more to it than that. I I, I love what he's doing. I mean, I absolutely love I love that the guy spent the last 20 years just digging into other cultures, specifically cultures that have a history of longevity, and then sharing that. Because if you eat six pounds of beans a day and... Like, you're just not going to miraculously, like, live longer, right? There has to be a cultural lifestyle change. Um, and I think it's I think it's cool. I think it's accurate. Like, I look at this is a very small sample size of my life and interactions I've had. But I have noticed in my day-to-day -day travels, 
Asian people have that I, that I've encountered have a and that culture has a um, propensity to keep moving. Like I'm waiting for my daughter at uh, music music practice, and there's like a, a, an Asian business next to it, and the woman who runs it or is, who works there comes out. I see her stretching outside. I see her walking. When I'm waiting for my son at hockey, there's a kid on his team who's from Asian descent. His mom is literally doing these goofy walking drills outside. Door. Like, it's in their culture to keep moving. And it's one of the things he talked about. Like, mm-hmm. just move. Doesn't have to be like hit class or freaking CrossFit. Just keep your body moving. And I think there's 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 got to be truth to that. Where it's a little funky is like if you read the Blue Zones book, okay, I got to eat beans, I have to move, I have to do this, I have to drink red wine, like I got to do all these things and I'm going to live to 120. No, you you might actually have a heart attack at, you know, 45. Yeah. I think that's my like beef with all of this. The makeup of our bodies genetically can't be undone, can't be unwound, can't be changed. So I don't care if you do all of these things, but to your point, like there's a really good chance that, you know, it doesn't work out in your favor just because of your makeup. And this type of guidance and advice, while it's obviously well-intended and none of this stuff is necessarily going to harm you, it doesn't have the effect that people think. Like they're not going to read the Blue Zones book and automatically revamp or overhaul their lifestyle. Or I should say, maybe they will, but it might not result in what they want. Is maybe the point. I mean, I th- he at some point during the clip from on Good Morning America, like the one woman asked, "Well, what about like faith? Have you looked into that?" And of course, like he's looked into everything yeah. that you can think of. Yep, uh, faith has uh, having uh, a belief in something, and going to that faith or church or mosque or whatever four times a week mm-hmm. can add four and a half years to your life, like. No one's going four times a week no. their whole life. <laughs> well, that's again. Now, now we're now we're to the point where he's calculating how many years it's something some activity is going to add. That's ridiculous. I don't think it's ridiculous. Well, you, there's a lot of factors. There's there's the there's the food you eat. There's the environment you live in. There are the habits you you engage in. Physical activity, um, uh, the the community you live in, and the and the the people the it just all, all of it there's a there's a million things there's a million factors Maybe cell towers are near your house so to try to isolate anyone and say this one thing will add yeah. th- is stupid um i feel like a lot of it's captain obvious stuff like we all know that if you avoid like we have the shittiest food in this country um or I, i'd say western countries in terms of processed stuff and chemicals and many times hard to avoid all that stuff um when you're in Okinawa, Japan, and you're in a like like a remote part of that place where they have they just eat sweet potatoes out purple, of the ground, sweet potato purple, farm. all that. Like obviously, they're going to be healthier because they don't have all the chemicals that are coursing through all of Americans' bodies since day one. I mean, so I mean, I feel like the the diet part of it to me is probably the most significant factor. I think it's, I mean, I'm just guessing. Yes, there are other factors, but try to isolate them all is silly. I, I feel just me. This is not founded in anything other than my 34 years of life, but like all of these things 
also apply to your general disposition, right? And like your mental health and how, I mean, happy for lack of a better word. Like, I feel like, and maybe this is me, like longevity isn't necessarily the goal. Like I don't need to live to 120 to feel like I've lived a good life. I need to live a lot more years feeling happy. And of course, all of, it sounds corny, of course, all of those things are going to benefit that, right? If I feel good about myself, if I feel good about my community, if I feel good about my job. But like, I don't subscribe to the notion that longer is better. I subscribe to the notion that quality of the time is better. You'll probably think longer is better when you're dying. I, I guess I hope I don't like I and and I, I God I hope I don't die a premature death but like sure. I want to be in a place where longer isn't better like I got everything I should have out of the time I had and again I don't want to die at 35 but like I don't want to be at 110 wishing I did other shit or like not having had done other things or sacrifice other things I wanted or thought about so immensely to just live longer, right? Not eating the thing or not doing the trip or not, I can't think of a better example because I thought, oh, well, that's going to take years away from my life. So I don't, generally speaking, longevity is just not a goal for me, I don't think. I like the research he's done. And if you read the book or if you watch the Netflix and if you can come away with, um, I'm going to get white potatoes for my dinner party. Oh, wait, they sell purple sweet potatoes. Let me try those. That's a good thing. Or no, Your dinner yep, party guests are going to hate you. Probably not. <laughs> purple sweet potatoes are probably awesome. But like, I remember that Blue Zone conversation. Like, maybe I shouldn't go to McDonald's. Um, I remember that Blue Zone. Like, maybe I should get up and take a walk. Sure. Like, I think that is valuable. Yeah. And maybe not for the purpose of... It's going to help me live another 11 years between the ages of 80 and 91, which are going to be probably miserable years anyway, but just maybe be a little healthier. Yeah. And I think that's, hopefully that's his goal because obviously he's not going to bring this information over 20 years and say, oh, everybody do this and change your lives. You're going to, you're going to live another eight to nine years. But, but <laughs> I mean, he mentioned in the video, I think something about. You know, there's fermented foods like sauerkraut, pickles, and the like, right? Which, Great for your gut. Which, yes. And, like, that's that's something that has been talked about a lot more recently, and there seems to be a lot of validity to it. From a pickles sci- are good? Yeah, from a scientific standpoint. Interesting. It does something very important with, with the micro... I don't know what the yeah. biology is, but... Micro something. Microbes or bio... I don't know. But <laughs> those t- kinds of foods are, like, particularly good for helping you get healthy on the inside of you, like in your gut, like you say. Um, and I did notice a lot of that was part of his, what he found in some of these, uh, you know, diets at places. So that, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think in recent, well, maybe not more re- like in, in recent decades, there's, there's a search for like the superfood yeah. or like the, the magic bullet that's going to, and that doesn't exist. It's a combination of so many things that has to happen to allow somebody to be healthy to a hundred. I mean, I guess I guess you don't really see anybody who's a hundred who's like type two diabetes and you know like that that you you're typically while you look old, you don't look 
right like necessarily unhealthy right right i would yeah. say so um yeah, I think you can't you can't be riddled with disease and have any chance of, you know, <laughs> making it, making to, it to, to a really something. advanced age. I think that's pretty clear. I'm surprised he didn't glean anything from the culture in Delaware County that would lend to his Blue Zone book. <laughs> Maybe he should his next project should be Red Zones, and he goes to the absolute worst places from a like yeah, health standpoint. That's where Delco will get featured. Yeah, that would be yeah. great. I'd like to see that. <laughs> All right. Want to talk about Kelsey? Sure. Yeah. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles. This was a documentary recently released on Amazon Prime featuring the Philadelphia Eagles All-Pro Center, Jason Kelsey. Um, he started documenting his life when he thought it was his final year in the NFL. Instead, the film ultimately captures the most epic year in his and his brother's life. They started a podcast together. Jason and his wife Kylie expect or had their third child, and then Travis and Jason met in the Super Bowl. Just wild timing of yeah. the documentary. I mean, obviously they're like, all right, we got a we got a Pro Bowl center. This guy is probably his last year. Let's follow him around. I thought the documentary was awesome. Um, I thought it's amazing, like the house he lives now. He's probably got six other houses. But the one that he lives in in Delaware County, or I forget where exactly. It I think was. he's Delco, like Lower Marion. Yeah, maybe. Lower Marion. Like it's mo- very modest. Him and his wife seem like just normal Delco people. Um, I thought that was really cool. I thought his family situation and his relationship with his brother was really cool to see. Uh, what I what, what I am taking away from it that I'll relate to these past three weeks of this year's season. Dude, when he comes off the field, he looks and during games, like he looks spent. Like I, like I think I can like I'm reading his mind. Like, what the hell am I doing? Maybe I shouldn't have done this year. I mean, he's playing well. Yeah. But like after the, watching him walk off the field this on Monday night, I'm like, oh my god, this guy's not gonna be able to do it on Sunday at one o'clock. Yeah, I'm not. I'll. I'll echo everything you said. I thought, like, I enjoyed it. I thought his family dynamic was just very normal. Um, I liked, I like the, um, including Travis. I mean, I don't know if you guys have listened to their podcast, but it's it's fun. It's enjoyable. I like it. Um, I find Travis a bit annoying on the podcast, but I found him, you know, to be not so annoying during the the documentary. Um, I think it might have been Travis. He was interviewed fairly recently um, before the documentary was released and asking, like, is this going to be Jason's last year? And he was like, he's the best at what he does and he gets paid handsomely for it. Like, until one of those things change, I don't see him stopping. And I was like, yeah. Dude, he's the best at what he does. I mean, like, and he, he, he ended the documentary yeah. with that, right? Like, it, it was like, when am I ever going to be the best in the world at what I do? Yeah. Which, holy shit, could you imagine ever being no. able to make that statement? No. And like even him saying it's this is not coming from a place of ego. It's like I worked really hard to get there. Like yeah. all of it just felt normal. Like a, a normal guy who happens to be the best center in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. He could, like That's what I took away from it is how normal. Yeah. He seems. Yeah, right. And you see him doing all, doing all the stuff around here. 
down the shore and all that yeah. stuff, which is awesome that he's grounded enough to know that the city just is in love with him and he doesn't have to do anything like really off the wall, just be a guest bartender at the Windrift and or at the at the OD, OD yeah. and it's going to be standing room only yeah. and that you're just going to continue to just win the city over and over and over. So I was I was I always am curious as to why someone in that situation would open their doors to a full-on camera crew to do this particularly at a time when you know his wife's way pregnant there's two little monsters running around the house and just the distraction of all that and the just the chaos of all that and then the other thing i was wondering was when they had the camera crew in there while he was talking to the team ahead of the was it ahead of the super bowl yeah I don't understand that. How would you let if you're if you're the coaching staff? How do you let a camera crew in there filming what is a really really important like team meeting? Did you, did anybody think that? No. I thought that was weird. No. I guess I feel like there's been enough sports documentaries that like they're always in there. I mean, they cut out obviously like anything that's related to the game itself. But I highly doubt they're filming anything. That's related to the game itself. I just assume they film everything and then cut it down significantly, but one way or the other. Yeah, I, I don't know. Unless they have cameras set up in like the QB meeting room, mm-hmm. so there's not an actual cameraman there because you can't have the cam the cameraman like sign a like yeah like I will not disclose. Oh, like an NDA. Yeah, like because. He's going to tell his buddies, oh, my God, <laughs> the Eagles are going to run like the Philly Philly. <laughs> Onside kick right. is the first play. <laughs> right. So they must just have cameras set up so yeah. that they and they and they own and they digest all of that, all of that footage. And it, obviously they hold on. They hold the rights to it and it can't go out where the NFL does, actually. Yeah. And it can't go out. I guess to your first point, like the the start of the documentary focuses on like what he's going to do after football. Yeah, right? he's talking with Connor Barwin yeah. and the other guys, right? So I wonder if this documentary was an opportunity presented where it's something different. You know, not that he's going to be on TV necessarily, but like if if his life becomes um something in the whether it's like broadcasting world or yeah. You know, he becomes more of a personality and less of a football player. Is this like a taste of that? I don't know. I thought, I think that that is absolutely where he's going and that maybe this was sort of deliberate in getting that launched because it was, you know, the podcast is now, yeah. I guess, a thing. I've never listened to it, but I, I feel like maybe, maybe him and Connor Barwin kind of got together and hatched the idea to do this for that reason to sort of get him. Like, like we're going to do like a feel good doc about you're just going to follow you and your family around and everyone's going to love you and you're going to write your ticket after you retire in the in whatever media world you want to be part of. And I felt like there was a little bit of. What's the word? Um, it was a little phony, con- a little calculated in in that sense. I might be totally wrong, but I, I kind of felt that I didn't get that at all. Maybe I'm just a sucker. Yeah. I, I mean, I just feel like. He's, he comes off like there's he doesn't have to do everything that he does. He doesn't have to go to the OD. He doesn't have to like go to the bar in Havertown. 
Like, the only thing he gains by doing that is getting better appreciation from the city and his fan base and the opportunity to open more doors when he stops playing football. And he's a grounded enough guy where it's like, yeah, I don't mind. Come in and follow us for a year. I think my life is pretty interesting. I think my wife and kids are pretty awesome. We get to share that with me. He's obviously a super outgoing guy. So, like, yeah. I mean, we, we're ego is, our ego is big enough that we think people want to listen to us talk. <laughs> and we're not Jason Kelsey. Yeah, well, well he, he was uh, – sorry. He was yeah. um, the one scene where – who was it? that I, I'm blanking on who it was. that. So he was doing all these things. He, like a podcast. He's doing something – related to farming yeah he was in all these different activities and then one guy goes yeah he, you're gonna do you're doing all these things and you're gonna do none of them well right. figure it I out think that was far farming, okay yeah, yeah. yeah so figure it out yeah but i also like to to both of your points i think like we know him right i've been watching jason kelsey as a F- eagles fan for what 12 13 years like he plays a position that is not well known outside of i would say like avid NFL fans. Yep. So like beyond it being an opportunity to open doors for him, you know, in different media outlets, it's also an opportunity for his name to be more of a household name than it is currently. Yep. Like I think I read that it was the most watched documentary on Amazon ever. Well, now Travis just one up them with the whole I know, the Taylor Swift yeah, drama. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I have to listen to the podcast. They're going to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good point, Meg. I, that's 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 fair. So all in all, would we recommend? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it was enjoyable. Yeah. For sure. yeah. Yeah. Go birds. Uh, okay. Top five th- things every dude <laughs> Meg should know. I'll go. I have change a tire. Every dude should know how to change a tire. That's on my list. All right. Every dude, hands down, should know how to ride a bike. Like, Watching a grown ass man not be able to ride a bike, there's some like girls. Is that a thing? It's kind of cute, but if a guy can't do it, it it looks it looks awkward. It looks weird. I have the ick. Are there men who don't know how to ride a bike? I don't know. Hopefully not. (laughs) Um, And it's cute that a girl can't ride a bike. Like if she could, like okay, that's cute. Like whatever, she can't ride a bike. (laughs) Um, Start a campfire. Like every guy should know how to start a campfire. That's a good one. Survival. You both know how to start a campfire. Yeah, of course. Like with lighters, or do you mean like just like sticks? Sticks. sticks. Oh yeah, every guy, every guy should know how to do that. Um, cook at least one meal mm-hmm. and like a dinner, not like mm-hmm. eggs and toast. I have that one too. And then every guy should should know how to get a woman to the finish line. <laughs> All right, oh, so man. we should have changed this. Things every heterosexual, <laughs> supremely masculine dude knows how to do. <laughs> oh. uh. All right. All right. I'll, I mean, Jeff, you took my tire change, um, but I've got uh, drive a stick shift. Okay. I mean, Matt, it's you're, like you're, you're just scoffing. You eliminated like 70% of the male population. I, I, I didn't say they do. I said they should know how to do. Okay. okay. Is it um, cute if a girl doesn't know how to? <laughs> <laughs> um, grill a steak slash piece of meat to perfection because i know a lot of dudes who can't do it at all i think that's a good one grill specifically grill like cook a steak grill on the grill on the grill yeah i i'll just throw a question mark because like (laughs) some people's idea of perfection specifically with red meat 
I mean, we're you could be all over the place. But uh, to the to the customer's order, right? Okay, to perfect to the customer. Yeah, yeah, order. yeah. Got it. Okay. Yep. Um, I've got basic like home repairs, like hanging a picture. Nothing like full on electrical work or anything, but basic home repairs. A lot of people, a lot of dudes, can't even hang a picture. I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then my last one here is throwing a ball, like throwing a ball properly. That's a, that's a good one. There, you'd be amazed at how many guys. Yeah, that's a good one. Actually, are, are embarrassing if you say yep. like, "Hey, throw me the football" or "Throw me the ball, baseball." And the worst offenders are Hollywood actors oh, who, yeah. who are playing. So they're not yeah. athletes. Yeah, they're it's, it's in incredible the to watch yeah. them like throw, yeah. pretend or wrestlers. To throw a ball. Wrestlers can can only wrestle. They cannot play yeah. any other sport. Did okay. you see Fifty Cent throwing out the first pitch? Like this happened like years ago. I don't remember that. Oh, Google it. <laughs> Fifty Cent throwing out the first pitch. That's all I'm gonna. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, okay, so these aren't all necessarily things you. Whatever. I think the rules to football. Okay. okay. I just feel like it's like the most masculine sport, maybe hockey aside. So football or hockey. We'll throw that yeah. in. Football rules. Know yeah. the rule book. Yeah. Like if someone – like know the positions, you know, like that kind of thing. Okay. Um, how to cook one thing really well. Um, that you're always supposed to walk on the side of the sidewalk closest to the road. If you're walking with a female, you're always closest to the road. Right. You're closest to the oncoming traffic. Yeah. 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 Um, you have to have a hygiene routine that doesn't include like a four in one product. Like there, I've there's men who are like body wash, shampoo, conditioner in the same bottle. Like your your hygiene routine can. Okay. <laughs> and then I think you just need to know how to assertively make plans. Like don't leave plan making up to everybody else. All the time. No. Just more frequently than not. more than not. Yeah. Okay, I think that's that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. All right, all right. Thank cool. you. Till next time. See ya.